Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for June 24. My name is John Mason, and I'm glad you could join us. Following a reading from Psalm 89, Andrew Pearson, together with Catherine Jacob, will lead us in prayer. The prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978. Catherine will then bring us a Bible reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Andrew is the Dean, Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine is a member of the ministry team there. Music is also from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardew and Zachary Hicks. A reading from Psalm 89, a psalm that speaks of the fulfilment of God's promises concerning the coming of His King. I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I'll proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I've sworn to my servant David. I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. And now as we turn to prayer, let us pray the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. A prayer for today. Lord, give your people grace to withstand the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only true God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for all in authority. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, we humbly pray you to bless all who hold positions of authority and public office in every land, so that all things, especially in these uncertain times, may be ordered in wisdom, righteousness, and peace, to the honor of your holy name and the good of your church and people, Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. Especially we pray for the welfare of your church, that we all may be guided and governed by your good spirit, so that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Especially we pray for family, friends, those who are known to us. Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. 
We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. O God, the author and lover of peace, in knowledge of whom stands our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, your servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that surely trusting in your defence, we may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. A reading from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. He, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the current crises of COVID-19 and the cultural challenges in the West, Is there anywhere we can turn for hope? We may feel inclined to echo the words of Jean-Paul Sartre, the French existentialist, when he said, That God does not exist, I cannot deny. That my whole being cries out for God, I cannot forget. The encouraging news is that historical evidence and human experience point to a solution to Sartre's cri de coeur. The answer centers on the question, Who is Jesus of Nazareth? In Colossians 1, verse 15, Paul the Apostle writes, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. We can deny the existence of God, or we can attempt to make images of God, but both are human imaginings that deface the glory of God. I say that even the denial of God's existence is human imagining because all around us, especially what are called the laws of nature, point to the existence of a powerful intelligence that created the universe. For example, against those who say that miracles are inconsistent with the laws of nature, Professor John Lennox, Emeritus Professor of Mathematics at Oxford University, comments, 
From a theistic perspective, the laws of nature predict what is bound to happen if God does not intervene. God's people understand that the laws of nature are the observable regularities that God the Creator has built into the universe. However, such laws don't prevent God from intervening if He chooses. When He does, we're able to identify the irregularity and speak of it as a miracle. Jesus' resurrection, for example, is not the result of a natural mechanism. Rather, it is, as the New Testament says, it happened because God intervened using His awesome supernatural power. To return to Paul's words, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. John's Gospel makes the same point, for in the opening lines we read, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And further on, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John makes the connection between the image of God and God in terms of a father and son relationship, a relationship that's always existed and always will exist. This is critical, for it tells us that God lives and acts as a father, the perfect father. Relationship is the heartbeat of God's existence. In Colossians, Paul goes on to say, For in the Son all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or authorities. Paul is telling us that the Son of God existed before anything else in creation. Logically, he himself was not created. He always existed and always will exist. Putting these ideas together, we understand that in Jesus, the Son of God, we see God. And because He is truly human, we also see what we were meant to be. This helps us to understand ourselves and what we are designed for. We are rational because God is rational. We are moral because God is moral. We have the capacity for relationship because God has always existed in relationship. Here we begin to see why Christianity can't allow itself to be put on the same level as any other religion. Nobody else who has walked this earth could ever be described in terms of such unequivocal divinity as Jesus. He is supreme. And notice what Paul also says about God's Son. By Him, all things were created. As the creating agent, Jesus put it all together. Further, the words, all things were created by him and for him, tell us that Jesus is also the sustainer of the universe. One of the interesting things that science has shown us is that the universe fits into a single huge pattern. The same laws that control the fall of an apple control the orbit of the moon. The same equation that describes the behaviour of an atom can explain the inferno of the sun. This is why high-level physicists look for a theory of unification. But Paul is telling us that at the very heart of this unified, complex cosmos is Jesus. When we plumb the depths of the universe, we will find not so much a mathematical equation or scientific formula 
but divinity. Jesus is the logic, the intelligence, the wisdom who gives the universe its rationality. And this in turn helps us to make sense of our own lives in the present and in the future. We see that we're not just part of a meaningless journey going nowhere. There's a purpose, a goal for us, relationship with God and with one another. In verse 19, Paul continues, For in him, in the Son, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace through the blood of his cross. All too often, our will reveals the tragic results of its brokenness, hatred and greed, evil and injustice, suffering and death. Indeed, history shows us only too plainly that we don't have the resources within us to rescue ourselves from the evil and injustices we've created. For none of us is good enough or powerful enough to bring about the kind of peace we long for. The amazing story of the Bible is that from the very beginning of time, God was not going to reject this evil and ungrateful world. Instead, he chose to rescue it. Paul is telling us here that when Jesus died, God laid the foundation for a just and lasting peace. Through the blood that Jesus shed, God reconciled to himself all things. And one day God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth, where Jesus will reign in truth and goodness, justice and peace forever. But more about that next week. In the meantime, we need to consider afresh our own understanding of Jesus Christ and our relationship with Him. Do we daily turn to Him, asking for His forgiveness? Furthermore, what are we doing to introduce others to Him? Are you even planning to forward this podcast to start a conversation? And now may Christ, the Son of God, be manifest to you, so that your life may be a light to the world. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen.